in the 17th chapter and we are going to be reading from the 11th verse. Luke chapter 17, reading from the 11th verse. When you've had it, would you please stand as we give reverence and respect to the word of God. Luke and the 17th chapter and the 11th verse. Y'all have to bear with me today. I might get a little happy throughout the sermon. Had to wear my gym shoes today just in case. If you have a problem with it, take it up with Jesus. The Bible says it doesn't matter if you wear Nikes or Jordans as long as you are having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what the word of God said. Luke 17, reading from the 11th verse, and uh, uh, the gospel says, On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers. They stood at a distance and lifted their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. I want to preach today from the subject, an attitude of gratitude. An attitude from gratitude. Turn to the person next to you as you're sitting down and tell them you need. Why are you so quiet? Come on, talk to me. Turn to the person next to you and say you need an attitude of gratitude. You may be seated. You may be seated. I didn't think. I thought I was in a black church. Come on, y'all, y'all, y'all quiet today. But the, the gospel of Luke is perhaps a significant gospel because it is seen or, or viewed by many scholars as the gospel of the outcasts. It is the gospel of those who are marginalized groups of people. It is the gospel of those who have been cast down in society, the gospel of the oppressed. And in this gospel, G, uh, Luke decides that he needs to input this story. This story is not mentioned in many of the other gospels, a story about Ten lepers, ten people who had been plagued or burdened with this skin condition called leprosy. Leprosy was viewed as one of the worst conditions of that day. It was incurable. It was unable to to have a, a solution. And whoever was diagnosed with the disease of leprosy, they were diagnosed with a death sentence. In just a matter of time, they were to be dead. And so in order to keep this disease from spreading, they would have all the lepers leave into a camp. They had to quarantine them for some time just to wait out their sentence. And here were 10, 10 lepers who were living in a camp. They probably didn't have much to do because leprosy, uh, it messed with the nerve cells in your body, sometimes causing paralysis. They probably had pain eating. They, they probably struggled with their lives from day to day. Ten lepers, they only had each other. They didn't have much joy, but they heard that Jesus was passing through. 
And I don't know about you, but anytime I hear that Jesus is passing through in the text, my soul gets happy. Sometimes all we need is for Jesus to just pass through. As a matter of fact, I, I, I tell you that every person in this church needs to just ask the Lord, please pass through my house one day. Lord, please pass through my family one day. Lord, just come in my car while I'm driving because when Jesus passes through, change is about to happen. Bible says that Jesus was passing through and he entered a village that was near the, the, the camp where the lepers were living and these lepers decided that they were going to try to make their way to Jesus. Now, I told you lepers had to be quarantined. So the lepers said, we're not going to get too close to them. The text says they stood afar off. And they cried out with a loud voice, Lord, Master. It's almost as if they're trying to persuade him to help them. They say, Lord, Jesus, our Master, please just have mercy on us. Now, the Bible is strange because the text does not say that Jesus went to them, stretched out his hand, and healed them. That's not what the text says. The text does not say that Jesus spoke a word, be thou healed, and they were healed. That is not what the text says. But rather, the text says that Jesus told them, go and see the priests. He does not give them any indication of healing. He just tells them, go and see the priests. You must understand that in the Old Testament scripture of Leviticus, God had instructed people who had been uh, 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 afflicted with a disease that they must quarantine for a certain amount of time. And when they thought they were healed, they needed to present themselves to the priest first. And the priest would confirm whether or not the healing had taken place. So Jesus did not heal them. He just said, go and see the priest. They did not have necessarily the physical evidence of healing, but in the process of the going, the healing would take place. See, I need some people in this church to understand that when you come to Jesus and you accept him as your savior, in that moment you are saved. And it's time that saved people started walking like they're saved. Are you with me today? It's time that we started acting like we are experiencing the salvation of God because when you accept his grace, his salvation now works in you and a change takes place. Problem with us is we have forgotten that we're saved. They went walking as, as they went walking. I can imagine with my sanctified imagination. Uh, that 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 uh, the skin that was once tainted by the the awful uh, flakiness of leprosy started to soften up a little bit. I can imagine that all of the dry skin on their body started to fall off and just lay on the ground. I can imagine that the hair follicles that had fallen off started to stimulate one more time and and hair started to grow on their heads again. I, I'm told that when leprosy happens, uh, uh, your breath starts stinking. So I can imagine that miraculously they it was as if they took a breath man I don't know maybe somebody on your row might have leprosy come on somebody uh, y'all ain't with me today I can imagine that as they were walking and some of those who were struggling with limb problems because leprosy has paralysis I can imagine that 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 limb started to regain the strength as the nerves started to fire its neurons to give them power and strength to walk better than they had ever walked before they were experiencing a transformation while they were walking to the priests. And the nine of them, they probably got happy. They probably started skipping and shouting. They were probably holding hands and singing, we healed, we healed. And they made their way down to the priests. But the Bible says there was one. This one was a little different. 
when he recognized that a change had taken place, he got happy in a different way. Bible says he started shouting and praising God. I believe that this man turned Pentecostal. And I know you Adventists, we don't do all that, but, but every now and then, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I have to turn a little Pentecostal. Are you with me today? I believe he turned Pentecostal. I believe he started shouting. He got happy. And the Bible says he did not go to the priest, but he went back to Jesus. Because he needed to make sure that he let the one who healed him know how grateful he was. He needed to make sure that Jesus understood that he was thankful for what God had done for him. He had an attitude of gratitude. And see, I believe that in these last days, and I say in these last days on purpose, because you do recognize we are living in the last days. And there is so much war and hatred and crime that is taking place. So much civil unrest. So many things that may depress us from day to day. So sometimes we just need some positivity. And I believe that the way in which we can experience such positivity is by transitioning from depression to an attitude of gratitude. Are y'all with me today? You need an attitude of gratitude. So I want to know from the text, what was the difference for this man? How did he have this attitude of gratitude? How was he able to recognize that Jesus had done something for him and to express that recognition in thanksgiving? The text says in verse 16, you got your Bibles. The text says in verse 16 that as he fell on his face giving him thanks, Luke makes sure to recognize that he understand that we understand that this man was a Samaritan. The first thing that I want you to note is I believe that the reason why this man was able to have an attitude of gratitude is because he understood the circumstances that shaped him. Now, remember, I told you that the gospel of Luke is the gospel of the outcast. It is the gospel of the oppressed. And in Luke's gospel, there are certain groups of people who are more oppressed than other groups of people in this society. Women were one of those groups of people. Uh, you understand that people who were struggling with sickness and disease, those were one of those groups of people. But there's one group of people that kind of stirs up my attention, and it's called those who were from Samaria, the Samaritans. The Samaritans were actually so oppressed that they had gotten accustomed to a segregated society with the Jews. Y'all ain't with me today. I'm preaching, but I'm trying to tell you something. So just let, let me take my time. I said they had been so oppressed that the Jews were constantly mistreating them. They had gotten accustomed to the fact that they could not spend time with Jews. They had gotten accustomed to the fact that they might not get jobs from the Jews because just the way they looked, just because their identity was different in them. So they lived in a certain part of Judea and they never were able to leave that part of Judea because Samaritans were always being mistreated by the Jews. Now the reason I say this is because I believe and I'm in the midst of some people who understand what it's like to be mistreated. And I believe that this Samaritan recognized that after all he had been through, here was a man who still was able to have mercy on him. After all the, the, the horrible ways that society had treated him, Jesus treated him better than society treated him. Are you with me today? You've got to recognize where you came from. 
You got to understand the circumstances that have shaped your situation. Listen, I believe that every time you drive past a police officer safely, you ought to just whisper a thank you, Jesus. I believe that every time you are able to get home from work uh, at the end of the day, you ought to just whisper a thank you, Jesus. I believe that every time you make another step in the success ladder, you ought to just praise God because there was somebody praying on your downfall. And you ought to just thank God that their prayers were not answered. Are you with me today? And, 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 and I go to a lot of places and I have to hold my tongue back, but I'm at home now. So I can, I can say it all and tell it all like it is. You know, I believe that we got to be careful because we're raising a generation of people who do not know their roots anymore. And see, I'm worried because I believe that there are a lot of young people who do not recognize that the reason they are where they are is because there was an old lady somewhere after she had finished making some greens and candied yams that stepped into her closet got down on her knees and prayed for you. I can remember my old granny at the end of the day around four o'clock because she prayed three times a day. I remember around four o'clock she would step into her bedroom and she would shut the door but the door had a little uh, swell in it or something so it didn't shut all the way so I would peek in there and I could see her praying. She was not making any noise but her lips were moving and I know that somewhere in those little lip movements my name had been mentioned. Somewhere she was praying me through and I know that the reason I'm here today is because my granny prayed for me but even if my granny hadn't been praying for me I got a mother right now that each and every day before I get up she's praying for me you got to know where you came from you got to have an attitude of gratitude he understood the circumstances that shaped his situation the second thing that you will notice in the text is that the leper understood, this one, understood the magnitude of his miracle. He understood the magnitude of his miracle. Remember I told you that leprosy was a skin condition. It was so, so heinous and so awful that people thought that when you were a leper, you had been cursed by God. Some people had called it the stroke of God. And so a leper was viewed as perhaps the most sinful person in society. And you know, I find it funny because doesn't the Bible say all have sinned and come short of the glory of God? You know, church people are so crazy. Because we like to point the finger at other folk, but you remember there are about four of them pointing right back at, are you with me today? And so they always were talking about the lepers. They were always telling the lepers, oh, you, you, you messed up. That's why you're in this position. You, you did something wrong. That's why you're in this situation. So I know that this leper had some self-esteem problems. He probably thought that he had done something wrong. And it could be the case. I don't know. I don't know the personal details about this leper's life. But I do know this, that when a person has leprosy, Dr. Becton, I did a little research on leprosy, you know. I, I may be taking a biology class now, but I am not going to be an anesthesiologist like you. So, so just bear with me if I'm wrong, you understand? But, but according to uh, the, the, the CDC, you gotta cite your sources now, you know. <laughs> according to the CDC, when an individual has leprosy, not only does it have an external manifestation, but it also has an internal implication. That is to say that leprosy has the capability of destroying nerve cells. You don't see your nerve cells, 
but it has the ability to destroy nerve cells and sometimes it can manifest itself by causing paralysis in the limbs in particular. Leprosy can cause paralysis because leprosy destroys something on the inside, not just on the outside. See, Christians, you got to recognize that sin is so deep, it doesn't just show up in how you look, it shows up in who you are. And all the Christians that have been sitting there trying to point at people saying they don't look like a Christian or they don't talk like a Christian, you must recognize God might be looking at your heart and questioning if you are a Christian. You must understand that sin is a deep-rooted problem that reaches into the depths of your soul. But thanks be to God that even though I've got some dirt that nobody knows about, God is still merciful and God is still gracious to save me anyway. Would you say amen? He has reached down into the depths of my heart and he has the ability to change my soul. No, I got to illustrate it because y'all ain't getting it. Y'all, y'all still looking at me with a blank face. So look, let me illustrate it. Everybody got a, anybody got an iPhone in here? You, do you have an iPhone? Amen. If you don't have an iPhone, then I'm praying for you. But you must understand that my friend, he, he had dropped his iPhone so many times that on the outside it had this big crack on it. And so he took it into the Apple store and they told him, look, we're going to have to give you a new phone. He said, no, 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 just replace the screen. They said, no, you don't recognize. The more you drop your phone, the phone receives internal damage and so what that means is we've got to give you some new hardware or we just have to replace your phone completely well let me tell you something they couldn't fix the phone but I know a man who can fix me I may have fallen down a few times I may not look like how I'm supposed to I may have some internal hardware problems but I know a God that is able to fix my soul and he does it each and every day of my life he understood the magnitude of his miracle. And any time God can take a wretch like me and turn it around, I know that man can do anything. Would you say amen? So he understood the circumstances that shaped his situation. And then he understood the magnitude of his miracle. Now, commercial break. And the commercial break is, I'm going to tell you what time it is right now. It is 1218. And I will not preach long. There are some leftovers calling my name. And the church said, amen. And so because I am thinking about all the food that is just sitting so nice and organized in my refrigerator, whispering to me from my house, Chase, come, come. I'm going to try to speed this up. But in order for me to speed it up, you got to keep saying, amen. <laughs> Uh, now, he understood the magnitude of his miracle. But see, after understanding the magnitude of his miracle, after understanding how difficult it was for God to save him because his problem was so great, pause, you do know that dealing with us is perhaps the hardest thing Jesus could ever do. Jesus was on this earth for three years, and even with the 12 people he had, he made little progress. And you've been living for however long you're living. Don't say it because, you know. But, but, and God, if, if he had made more progress, you wouldn't be here. Would you say amen? So, so we must understand dealing with us is the most difficult thing that God could do. But see, I believe that the reason why <laughs> the leper was able to be so happy about what Jesus had done is because the leper was thinking about future miracles. In other words, he said, if God can do this thing, 
then whatever I may end up going through the rest of my life, I know because I have some evidence now that he can handle it. Now, let me put it this way. You see, you must understand that the lepers lived in a camp. So after he is no longer with leprosy, he's got to figure out how he's going to find a house somewhere. You understand? And the lepers have been stuck in this camp for so long, he hasn't had a job. But remember, he's a Samaritan. So he's got to figure out who's going to employ a Samaritan somewhere. He's got a lot of problems that he's thinking about right now that probably are going to have to be dealt with at some point in time. But he ain't worried about none of that because he knows if God can heal me from my leprosy, then my job is no issue. If God can heal me from my leprosy, then I know my house is no issue. If God can do that, then God can do anything. And see, one of the reasons why we need to understand that an attitude of gratitude is important is because when we are thankful for what God has done, then we will recognize that God can do anything else. So no matter what you go through, God's got your back. No matter what you're dealing with, God's standing by your side. If you just would be thankful for where you are, then you know he'll carry you the rest of the way. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God. Because I know down the line, they tell me that getting older is harder. They tell me you got some problems as you get older. And I'm not just talking about the health problems. I'm talking about financial problems. Let me tell you something. I told somebody last week, I wish my, 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 uh, my debit card would just swipe the hem of Jesus' garment. <laughs> just, just one little touch, you understand. As I get older, I understand that everything costs money. Matter of fact, it costs money to just go down the street. I, I, Cameron and I went the other day, we, we went to go see some lights. Cam getting the car, the car on E. She pulled up to the gas station. She pulled out her phone, she said, I ain't got no money. I said, so what are we gonna do? <laughs> she said, I don't know. I said, move, I'll pay for it, you understand? I recognize that as we get older, things get harder, but I ain't got to worry about all that because my God owns a thousand cattle on the hill. Are you understanding me? I understand that as we get older, bones start aching and problems start re reaching into your mind, but I'm not worried about that because my God is a healer. If he can handle the stuff I went through before, he can handle anything that's coming my way. Oh, I thank God. He understood the circumstances that shaped his situation. Secondly, he understood the magnitude of his miracle. And finally, he understood the possibilities beyond his present. That anything that may come his way, God can handle it. Now, I got to close the right way. And as I was reflecting on some things in life, I was wondering about what do I have to be thankful for? And I was thinking about how broke I am but God still got me. I was thinking about how there's so much unrest in the world, but God still got me. And as I was thinking about all of the problems that I have, as opposed to what God is doing for me, I thought about this movie. And don't get mad at me because I'm talking about movies in church. Because you know you watch them all week, so I ought to use it in order to, to help you understand the point. Uh, there's this movie, you might know what it's called, uh, you might have seen it, it's called The Color Purple. And you know at the end of the movie, somewhere around the end, Celie was talking to the man who had abused her all her life. She was talking to the man who had, had ruined every experience that she had. And she looked at him and said, I may be black, and I may be ugly, but thank God I'm here. 
So as I was thinking about all the stuff I got going on in my life, I may be broke, but I'm here. I may have some troubles in my life, but I'm here. I may struggle with sickness, but I'm here. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And no matter what I'm going through, there's one thing that I can thank God for is that I'm here. And I just need to know if there's anybody in this room who could just wave their hand and thank God that at least you're here on this day. Would you say amen? amen. The Lord has brought you a mighty long way. And I thank God that he's done what he's done. Matter of fact, there's a song that they used to sing. It said, as I look back over my life and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed because I've got a testimony. And I read somewhere that seven is the best number in scripture. I read somewhere that seven is the perfect number, that, that if you say something in seven, it means it is to the highest degree. And, and, and I was thinking about what can I say for Jesus? Well, I can't sing, so I'm not going to do that. And I was thinking, what can I say to Jesus? Well, I'm not the most eloquent, so I'm not going to write a poem or anything. What can I say to Jesus? And all I could think of is I could just say thank you, but I could say it to the highest degree. So I'm going to say thank you, and I want you to say it with me seven times. One time for Jesus thank you. Two times for Jesus, thank you. Three times for Jesus, thank you. Because he woke me up this morning, thank you. Because he started me on my way, thank you. Because I'm clothed in my right mind, thank you. And because he's coming back soon, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 